Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome back to the conversation. You know, this week has been rather interesting because uh, we have a graduate graduating college. This week, Friday, is the commencement ceremonies, and my wife has her parents coming in from out of town. So what has developed is a to-do list, a honey-do list of things to uh, take care of before her parents arrive. And, you know, I used to experience this a lot when I was single, and I would invite someone over, and as I began looking around the house, looking around my apartment, and uh, kind of assessing the state of the of the abode, I realized that there was a lot of things out of place, a lot of things that I had tolerated or let go that I didn't necessarily want to present to other people. And so I would make the mad dash and scurry about and straighten things up to be presentable. Well, that's kind of been happening this week. Suddenly we're aware of the different things that we've let kind of um, fall out of alignment, you know, things that have accumulated here and there. And well, let's just say that I've been busy taking care of that because that is the urgent thing to do. And uh, I've not necessarily been set up or prepared to do a podcast episode. Every time I've sat down to do one, there's been this, oh, what, um, idea or feeling that I was forcing it. And honestly, I would sit down with several ideas of what to talk about once, but once I sat in front of the mic, it just didn't seem like the most important thing to talk about at that moment. And I'm a person that has the belief that you should be inspired when you're creating. I actually have a a creative tension between this, you know, wanting to get a message out. I don't want to be one of those people, one of those podcasters, one of those creators that pump out stuff just to pump it out. I want to present stuff that I'm inspired to talk about that because, you know, there's an aspect of this that I channel. There's an aspect of this that, you know, flows through me. It doesn't necessarily come from me. And I always want to maintain that connection. And so last night I I thought to myself as I lay down to bed that I really want to have a topic ready in the morning to talk about. And I'm going to release this the same day. And uh, I also probably will release a different one or another episode later this evening, and then I'll have the five-minute Friday. Because uh, I feel a little indebtedness to some of you, because many of you have communicated that you've listened to every episode, and you're caught up, and you regularly listen to it while you're exercising, while you're driving, while you're doing the dishes or doing the housework, and you actually miss not having a current episode to listen to. And so that plays on my mind, too, that I want to have, you know, information, I want to have this ongoing conversation with you. So I feel like I need to put something out, not because you're expecting it, but because I've promised it. I've promised to have this ongoing conversation. And that's part of my commitment to you. It's part of my commitment to my mission. And so while you're benefiting of it, I am more... I guess, 
more indebted to my promise, my commitment, than to satisfy or please you. And ultimately, you know, I'm going to talk about what I talk about, pleasing myself or, I guess, pleasing the universe, being in alignment with that. So back to my story about, you know, falling asleep last night with this idea that I wanted to talk about something this morning. I was going to turn it over to my other-than-conscious mind to present something to me in the morning. And so this is it. The five ways to honor your intuition. See, a lot of people know they're intuitive. They know they have access to intuitive information, yet you've been practiced in not honoring it. And so by consequence, you don't necessarily trust it because you've spent so much time over the years negating it, overriding it. We get intuitive guidance and then we don't necessarily pay attention to it because it doesn't necessarily feel convenient. It doesn't feel like it's in alignment. We're we're actually afraid of some of the changes that will be created if we follow this intuitive guidance. And so, as a consequence, we push it aside. We overrule our heart with our mind. And this brings me to the first way to honor your intuition is to surrender to it. You see, there's this idea that the conscious mind, that our conscious awareness is superior to our other-than-conscious mind, our subconscious mind, or our intuition. We think that our conscious, rational thoughts seem to be, you know, figured out. We've arrived at these conclusions. Logically, it makes sense. Sometimes when intuition pops up, it doesn't necessarily make sense rationally or logically. And so we've been taught or we acquiesce to the rational mind. So the first way to honor your intuition is actually surrender to it. Live in the mindset, and these are mostly mindset orientations. Live in the mindset that your other-than-conscious mind, your intuition, can see further, more completely than your conscious mind can. You see, your conscious mind thinks linearly, sequentially, First this step, then this step, it ties it from one step to the other. Your other-than-conscious mind or your intuitive mind thinks holistically and exponentially, multidimensionally. And so it considers different factors that aren't necessarily on your purview or in your awareness consciously. So I've made it a practice to surrender autonomy, control, to my intuitive mind, my other-than-conscious mind. So I don't know how long you've been listening to me, so I'll re-emphasize what I refer to as other-than-conscious. And I get this from Dr. Dave Dobson, one of my early mentors. Psychology basically tells us that there are two minds. We have our conscious mind and our subconscious mind. Well, Dave was a master hypnotist, and as he began thought, thinking about it, he realized and appreciated the power of the subconscious. Yet, in language, when you say subconscious, it implies that the subconscious mind is subservient to the conscious mind, that the conscious mind is more powerful. But the truth is, the conscious mind is not necessarily in charge. See, the role of the conscious mind is to point yourself in a direction, to ask a question, to orient your thinking towards a particular intention. Your conscious mind is not designed to figure things out. It's designed to turn it over to your other-than-conscious mind. 
And so Dr. Dobson coined this term other than conscious to delineate the fact that it wasn't subservient to the conscious mind. It was just other than conscious. Now, Dave never really conveyed his cosmology to me. But as I began working with the other than conscious mind in a different capacity and opened up to my intuition, I realized that our subconscious processing has one foot grounded in local information, our past experiences, our, our programming, you know, things directly related to our experience. And we access that and we call it intuition. But the subconscious has another foot in the etheric connected to universal consciousness. God got us all that is. This is an assumption that I've come up with. And so when I say other than conscious, I mean local information and non-local information or tapping into the universal mind, the creative intelligence, the Akashic records, or all the field of information, the field of possibility that exists beyond the confines of your definition of yourself. And as a consequence, for me, when I consider intuitive guidance, I don't think about whether it's coming from my subconscious mind or the universal mind. To me, it's just other than conscious. It's somewhere outside of my conscious awareness. And then what appears or what I'm made aware of in consciousness is a gift from my other than conscious mind, the universal mind. Science has proven that the conscious mind is limited in its processing power. You can only handle so much information at once until you actually go into trance. You turn it over to your other than conscious mind. Your other than conscious mind, your subconscious mind can process an infinite amount of information. It is paying attention to everything Yet, it only makes certain things available to you in consciousness based on the questions that you're asking, your orientation to the world, what you've deemed important to you on some level. It doesn't feed you all the information that's available. And this is why it's important to know that the conscious mind is responsible for offering up the questions, creating an intention, and then turning over the heavy lifting to the subconscious mind or the other than conscious mind. So that's the first way to honor your intuition, and that is to surrender to it, surrender control. And a lot of, that scares a lot of people because they feel like they can't trust their intuition. And this brings us to the second way you can honor your intuition. Instead of saying, I don't know if I can trust my intuition, affirm that you can trust the guidance within, that your intuitive guidance is never wrong. It's always on spot. It's in my conscious interpretation of it where I go awry. And so, but it's that trusting that that guidance is coming through and at the center of your heart, you know what you want, you know what you need, and you know how to get it. All the answers are contained within. And these are the things you affirm to yourself, that positive relationship to your intuition. Don't think of it as some aspect of you that is sequestered away in the dark recesses of your mind. It is there to serve you. It's benevolent in nature, and it is always working on your behalf. When we affirm these things in that positive aspect, we create a level of rapport and exchange of information. 
when you set it up, like, let's just say that you were in a relationship with another person, and every time that you were with them, they open up their mouth and you say, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't think I can trust what's coming out of your mouth. I don't think you have the authority. I don't think, you know, th- that would shut down that relationship pretty quickly, wouldn't you say? If you were relaying information to somebody else and they were constantly saying, you don't know what you're talking about, you're, that's irrational, that doesn't make sense. How long would it take before you shut down? How long would it take before you stop sharing your information? You see, this is the place that a lot of people are in. They've shut down their intuitive guidance. They say, I don't trust you. It's not important. My rational mind, my conscious mind is more equipped at getting to an answer. So your intuition shuts down. Or it doesn't necessarily shut down, but it stops communicating to you in a way that makes sense because it just knows you won't follow it anyways, or that that you've had the experience so many times of having the intuitive guidance and you've overridden it. And even though it leads you, that conscious intervention leads you down a detour, creates more struggle, you think that you're working it out. Yet all you're doing is actually shutting down the main power that you have, that intuitive guidance, all the answers. You have access to all the answers. And that's something that I affirm all the time. I know in the heart of my being, I know what I want. I know what I need. I know how to get it. This is how law of attraction works in not wondering or worrying about the how. See, our job is to point our mind, point our other than conscious in a direction, create the intention, and then we surrender up the how. You see, the other than conscious mind will figure out the how. It will communicate the how to you when you relax the conscious mind in meditation or in those moments where you shift into neutral, whether you're in the shower, driving in the car, doing housework, washing the dishes, exercising, walking. See, when we shut down the conscious mind, we open up access to the other than conscious mind to communicate to us in consciousness what it is thinking. And it will occur to us as a light bulb moment, an awakening, a hit. Yes, it's a moment of inspiration. It just makes sense. Then we get all excited about it. And then the conscious mind gets involved and ruins the soup. It wonders, how can I do that? Or that scares me. That means this will fall away. That doesn't seem right. It starts throwing in all the doubt. Doubt is not the purview or the way that your intuition communicates. It's just matter of fact. And when someone gives you an idea, gives you a fact that suddenly pieces together things, makes sense, opens up possibility, it feels exciting. It feels expansive. And so if there's something that squashes that idea, squashes that enthusiasm, it's the doubt of past programming. It's your conscious mind criticizing the idea. When something comes in, in an expansive, inspirational way, engage with it. And this is way or practice number three. Engage with it, play with it, don't judge it. In that moment, be in the wonder of it. I wonder how this could come to pass. I wonder how I put this into practice. And again, this is your conscious mind playing with your intuition, offering up questions for your other than conscious mind, your intuition to answer. How do I engage this? How do I unleash this? How do I make this possible? And it will start coming up with new and new resources for you to put in place. 
This is in direct contrast with that conscious process of criticizing or finding fault with the idea before it actually has legs. So you want to give it legs with this questioning. How do I put this into practice? How do I make this possible? What resources can I call in to help support this? Now, I'm speaking from personal experience here that my conscious mind shot down my intuitive guidance for years in this regard. When I was with FedEx, I intuitively knew that I was not meant to stay there. I was meant to leave. Yet, as soon as I got that intuitive impulse, my conscious mind would interject and say, I don't know what I would do if I wasn't here. I had an idea, but I don't know how to go about it. I never actually turned over those questions to my intuition. I thought, I just don't know, and so I shut it down. I shut down possibility. It wasn't until I began engaging with my intuition, I had reached a point where I wasn't satisfied anymore in the position. I said, something has to change. I don't know what it is, and this is giving up, surrendering to my intuition. I don't know what it is. I don't know how to do it. I need help. I need guidance. I'm trusting that I'll figure it out. And then as a consequence, over a short period of time, I was inspired to take different actions. And before I knew it, I had a six-figure payday and I was able to leave that position and start my own journey as a full-time coach. Before that, I had just done it part-time. But while that allowed me to step into this new role on this new journey, I was faced with another question that I thought I could consciously answer. And that was, I didn't even know how to begin necessarily having a full-time coaching business because at the time when I left FedEx, there were no real coaches out there. Coaching was just an idea and there wasn't established frameworks on how to be a coach and make money at it. And so again, I had to figure it out. But at first I did not surrender to my intuition. I thought I had to consciously figure it out. But again, it wasn't until I turned it over and began engaging with and and playing with my other than conscious mind when I began actually getting the answers. But when I thought I had to consciously figure it out, I began to shut down. I became depressed. I became like, it just felt like it didn't work. Like I I didn't have the answers and I forgot the answers are within. I have all the resources I need access to right here, right now. I just need to ask. And so by asking, we engage with our other than conscious mind. We play with, and we play is a big perspective on this. This is the third way, engage with and play with your intuition. I wonder, I'm curious. I wonder if I did know, how would I go about it? I'm curious, what resources do I need to draw in in order to make this possible? And then once you ask those questions... You pay attention. This is how you engage with your intuition. You ask a question and you pay attention. You get quiet. You're open to receive. And this is the fourth way to engage with your intuition. Be open to receive the information. Be be open to receive the information in whatever way it comes in. What do I mean by that, whatever way it comes in? Well, it doesn't necessarily come in with, 
choirs singing and bells and whistles, you know, someone ringing a bell saying, here's, here's the answer, here's the answer. Sometimes it comes in subtly. Sometimes it comes in in an indirect conversation or in indirect impulse to follow a line of reasoning. When I first left FedEx and I was trying to figure it out, when I first started this in turning it over to my intuition, I didn't have access to the internet. Internet was still fairly new. It was brand new. YouTube wasn't a thing yet. Google wasn't invented yet. And so there's ways that you can use the internet as an extension of your intuition. You follow the breadcrumbs, you follow the trails. And I was able to do some searches online and I would have new information and I would follow like a rabbit down a tunnel. One idea to another idea, I began making connections. I also started writing, and through my writing, I was able to get a lot out on paper. And like I've said before, you know, I reached a point where I had written this book, and in reading it, it was a lot of disjointed ideas, and some of it was conscious, some of it was channeled. And in a moment of uh, futility, I, because I felt like if I was to begin editing it, it would be like rewriting the entire book. And so I deleted it. I deleted it. And I just assumed that if I wrote it once, if I allow this information to percolate and gestate, ruminate inside me, that I could write it faster the second time. It already came through me. I can write it again. I can write it better. And so that's what I've been doing. But to answer that question, how many different ways can intuitive guidance come into you or through you or arrive at your your attention, it can show up in a song. The lyrics of a song can show up in a book. I've often gone to my bookshelf with a question and I just kind of close my eyes. Sometimes I, I move my arms around and and like pinning the tail on the donkey, that children's game, I point to a book, I pull it out, I open it up and I put my finger down on a page and I'm assuming that the guidance is there. Sometimes I read it and it doesn't make sense. So I think maybe I'm just in the neighborhood of it. So I'll flip a few pages forward, a few pages backwards, and there it is. I find the answer. Other times it's been a conversation that I've been a party to or actually a conversation that I've overheard. Somebody said something that suddenly my mind was drawn attention to. And again, this way of honoring your intuition is paying attention. I just had a conversation with a client and she asked me, is this just my mind? You know, I noticed these angel numbers and I noticed these synchronicities. And I wonder, is it just my mind or is it the universe communicating to me? And I said, the universe is always communicating to you. If something pops into your awareness, if you're suddenly aware of it, this is, a, again, a gift from your other than conscious mind, because your conscious mind is a receiver of ideas. It doesn't generate the ideas. And so if you see something in your environment, the repeating numbers, sometimes it's just there to remind you that you're connected to universal mind. You're noticing the patterns. You're noticing the synchronicities on life. And sometimes that number is supposed to mean something to you that you have guidance and you can actually look it up. If you're called to look it up, what does 333 mean? Or what does 555 mean? You know, what is this angel number? What's the meaning? And then you read it and it makes sense to you. It's like, oh, that makes sense. Why I'm seeing this repeating number. Then 
it had a deeper meaning. Other times it's just conveying that you're connected to the universal mind. And these numbers occur all the time. But when they're brought to your attention, when you're consciously aware of it or of anything else in your environment, what you're consciously aware of in that moment, again, pay attention and ask the question, what is the deeper meaning here? What else could this be conveying to me? If this was intuitive guidance, what does it mean? What could it mean? This is where you begin to play with life. Remember, engage and play with your intuition. You play with life in a symbolic fashion that the universe is always symbolically conveying to you your path, your guidance, your inspiration. I can remember one time when I was trying to figure it out, trying, 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 really efforting on trying to figure out the solution to a problem. You know, something that was going on in my life at the time, and it was raining. And I was looking out the window, kind of at the rain, and I began noticing the raindrops began pooling on the window and forming a little river as it flowed down the glass. I became completely intrigued with the flow of water down the glass. And as it met other flows, it would merge into another flow. So there's all these different flows of water flowing down the glass and merging together and coalescing at the bottom. And I realized that was the answer to my question. I was paying attention. I wondered, what does this mean intuitively? Since I was aware of it, I was efforting too hard. I need to just go with the flow of it and see where it took me and then merge with that idea and wait for other ideas to merge with that. I didn't have to figure it out. I could just go with the flow where I was right then. And then everything unfolded like magic after that. See, when we're efforting, when we're struggling, we're too conscious about it. This is where you surrender to the greater perspective of the other than conscious mind, the greater perspective of your intuitive mind, your third eye, that energetic chakra in your body. It is the expansive big picture. Now, all this brings us to our fifth way to honor our intuition, and that is to acknowledge it. When I talked about the conscious mind, when we're operating too consciously, we create struggle and effort. We're in the doing of it, not in the being of it or the allowing of it. That's when you need to acknowledge that you have a greater power within. You see, early on in life, I depended a lot upon my conscious mind to figure it out. I was smart enough. I was intelligent enough to figure it out, to create the way, to make a plan. But I realized that I was struggling a lot, that I was creating a lot of effort for myself, actually putting myself in situations that really weren't working out long term. And so while it satisfied a certain aspect of my mind initially, it didn't have sustainability. It didn't last as long as I wanted it to, even though I wanted it to. But once I began trusting my intuition, once I began acknowledging that there was a greater power within me, and this part of this is surrender, but I made a decision somewhere in there, and this is what I want to talk about in the acknowledgement, is that I relied on my intuition. I made the decision that I would never again overrule my heart with my logical mind. I acknowledged that the greater power within. And so from that point forward, I never make a decision without checking in with my vibes. 
I acknowledge my intuition as the authority. I acknowledge my intuition as the wise sage that has all the answers that will guide me exactly what I need to do. I acknowledge its divinity. And so in that acknowledgement, we open up all kinds of possibility. Because remember, our other than conscious mind can see 25 steps ahead, multidimensionally, where our conscious mind can only see a few steps ahead and linearly or sequentially. The authority of our intuition, and we never make a decision without engaging it. We also want to acknowledge all the times our intuition has supported us in the past. When you've engaged with synchronicity at those forks in the road, those moments of decision or choices, apparent choices, or even life situations, how the universe puts you in a circumstance, puts you in an event that kind of altered the course of your life. When you think back on it and you look at that event and the decision you made from that intuitively, sometimes when something shocks our system, we rely, we, we acquiesce to our other than conscious mind, to our intuitive guidance. We're not consciously trying to figure it out. And if you think about it, if that event did not occur, if you didn't make that decision at that time, your life would be completely different. You would not be here in this conversation. You would not be, you know, engaged in this particular perspective on life. You would be someone different. Your life would be different. And sometimes we say, well, my life would have been better if I hadn't done that. Would it really? How do you know? Maybe you were meant to go through that process in order to wake up, to become more aware of the gifts that you have, to exert dominion and focus on your intentions and then turn it over to your other than conscious mind. See, it's all working out for you. Your intuition is here to serve you and it will serve you well. It is there for your benefit. And when we acknowledge its divinity, acknowledge its intention, surrender to this greater perspective, be open to receive, and we constantly affirm, I trust myself. I trust my intuition. I know that it's here to serve me. And then engage with it, play with it, see where it takes you. It's a grand adventure. It is the epic adventure. Well, that's it for this episode. I just gave you five ways to honor your intuition. Put them into practices and you will see a profound difference in your relationship in having that inner rapport, that inner connection to your intuitive guidance. Until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel DeNovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals as you engage in the epic adventure.